You are listening to the podcasts of Cedar Hills Community Church in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. My name is Kent. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm glad that you're here. We like to uh, use the message time as a, another place where we get to speak truth. And hopefully that truth can uh, chase away darkness or overcome evil or the kinds of things we've been singing about. Um, and one of the tools that we use for that is Scripture to try to help us understand the truth. And some of us are trying to memorize uh, Joshua 1.9, the song we just sang. Leah's good at helping us put these things to music so that we can get them. Are some of you working on that, Joshua 1.9? Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Powerful verse, a great truth to have in your tool bag so you can pull out at some time when you are feeling fear. So we're in a series about fear, thinking about how God can uh, help us as we're facing that. We've already heard that fear is a common thing. A lot of us have them. It's also a complicated thing. We know there's a lot to that. But we know that God wants to help us through that. So that's what we're going to try to continue with today. Before I read the scripture to you, I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell him something. Turn to your neighbor and tell him this. I love the cold. I'll say it like you mean it. Okay. (laughs) I actually want you to chat with your neighbor, young and old, um, about what was your favorite activity outside during the winter when you were a kid? Favorite? I mean, when we were kids, we loved to be out there in the winter, right? And if you're a kid, you can help remind the adults about this. Favorite outside activity when you were a kid? Talk about that for a second. Okay, some of you sound like you might have had a lot of fun outside as kids. I love to play broom ball um, and continue to do that all the way up through college. We used to get up at like 2 a.m. And, at Iowa State to play intramural broom ball. And it could be like 20 below zero. We don't care. We're going out on the ice to play broom ball. This morning I didn't even want to get out of bed. But um. Okay, the passage we're going to use to help us... Uh, address fear today is Isaiah 43. So I'd like to invite you to take out your Bible. If you brought it, grab a Bible from the chair in front of you or open up your phone because it's awesome if you can read along. Isaiah 43 is kind of in the middle of the Bible. If you're right smack in the middle, you'll be in the Psalms. Go to the right toward the back, a couple chapters or a couple books, and you'll be at Isaiah. Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43, I'm going to read verses 1 through 7. Before I do that, I want to offer this prayer to you. The Lord be with you. Isaiah 43, 1. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. 
I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead. Since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you, I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather them from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth, everyone who's called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, who I have formed and made. This is God's word, and it's true, and we can rely on it. So last week I had some phobias, and I started with some words or descriptions of phobias, and I wanted to see if you guys could figure them out. I got a couple of new ones here for you today. Ecclesiophobia. Does anybody know what that is the fear of? That is the fear of church. Anybody have that? If you do, you're doing a good job overcoming it. That's great. Okay, here's the next one. Somebody actually recommended these to me. They said, hey, I was thinking about phobias this week, and I thought of a couple you should talk about. Hyreophobia. You know what that is? Fear of the pastor. (laughs) Or like clergy or like holy people. Anybody have that? Okay, good job if you do, overcoming it. Okay, I've got another one for you here. Uh, Here's my best stab at pronouncing this. Hippotomostosenquiptidaliphobia, something. You know what this is the fear of? This actually is the fear of long words, yes. (laughs) Who knew? And so I thought there might be someone here today who has that fear, so I was going to try to think of a better way to talk about it. So I went to the Urban Dictionary, which is the way the kids are talking nowadays, and I found a better way to talk about it. It's this way. This is fear of long words. I thought that would put you all at ease if you happen to have that fear of long words. They had some other interesting options in this dictionary. F-O-C-N. What's this? Fear of Chuck Norris. Why it's in the Urban Dictionary, I don't know, but apparently this is a big one. This is a much more common fear. You should know what this is. FOMO? Fear of missing out. Apparently, this is a, a growing concern for people today, that they're, uh, the way we post things on media and the way we look at the world, there is a common fear that I'm missing out. We do lots of comparison. So I look at your posts and your Facebook and your uh, social media accounts, and I see what you're doing, and I'm going, wow, I don't get to do that. I'm missing out. And that actually escalates the posting on social media. So now I only tell you about the really good things that I do. And so when you read my social media, you go, gosh, I might be missing out. So this fear of missing out is really, um, I guess, an issue nowadays. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But first, one more fear. Fear of, what's this one? another fairly common one, fear of being left out. So as I'm looking at the things that other people are doing, I'm always curious about whether or not I'm included in that. Have I been overlooked or have I been forgotten? Or maybe somebody's sending me a message by not including me, so now I feel like I'm being rejected or I'm being betrayed. I'm being uh, left out. And so the fear of missing out, FOMO, and the fear of being left out, FOBLO, are enough fear in our society to actually drive people toward certain behaviors. We actually do things to try to compensate for these things. So I'm going to try to amass 
or accumulate relationships and activities in my life so that I don't feel like I'm missing out and so that I never have to feel like I'm being left out. I want you to include me. And this is sometimes pursues us into relationships that are not even good for us or activities that are not even good for us because we're afraid of being left out or afraid of missing out. Now, I had a theory about these, though I'd not heard the word phobo until just a few years ago or phoblo until just recently. I had a um, theory about where these things originated, especially phoblo, and it was in gym class. And I have a particular experience for myself in which phoblo was escalated, choosing sides to play dodgeball. This was always a traumatic experience. Now, I know most uh, PE teachers are wise enough now not to do this kind of thing. But in my day, the way you picked teams was you line everybody up. The teacher picked the two most athletic individuals in the line and said they're captains. And then they would work their way down the line picking who they wanted to be on their teams. How many of you remember being in a gym class like that? Yeah. Okay, that's the way we did it then. So um, being the short, scrawny kid in the lineup is bad for this. Because as they're picking, I, can, I had a voice in my head actually saying, pick me, pick me, pick me, because I see how I measure up to the rest. Is it me or you? Hey, there I am. Whew. That's a whole nother fear when that thing goes dead. <laughs> Did I say something wrong? Are you done with me, Matt? You want me to shut up and sit down? Okay. I'm going to keep going now, even though I'm in the middle of a really traumatic story. So in my mind, I'm saying, pick me, pick me, pick me. And you find yourself like trying to puff yourself up and, you know, pump yourself up, trying to something. I can dodge a dodgeball. Uh, For those of you who've seen the movie, I can dodge a hammer. But... I didn't get picked, and as the rounds are winding down, then the voice in my head changes from pick me, pick me, to don't pick me last. At least don't pick me last. And this, I thought, was the root of everybody's fear of being left out, but apparently that's not as traumatic for everyone. But we've experienced various things throughout our lives that have led us to a fear of being left out if we don't get picked, if we're not included if we feel like we have been rejected or we feel like we have been betrayed, then we have this feeling. And I've heard countless stories since my dodgeball days about people who have felt significant rejection and loss and abandonment and trauma and neglect, and that has led them to a very deep fear of being left out. Now, I don't know if this is the case for everybody, but part of me thinks that this is a human condition, that we want to measure up and we want to be included. We want to be picked. And the reasons why we don't get picked is because we're too skinny or too fat or too tall or too short or too dumb or too odd. I mean, the main reason for not getting selected is we're just too different. We don't fit in. And so the voice in our head screams, pick me, pick me, pick me, but we're watching the selections dwindling down to the last few, and maybe you've been picked last for something. This experience can be very subtle or it can be very dramatic, 
the result of it is greater FOMO, fear of missing out, or FOBLO, fear of being left out. So the human feeling underneath it, I like to try to go as deep as you'll let me go. I think the fear of it is kind of a very human need, and that need is to be loved, that we all want to be loved. And sometimes that voice in our head, when we are the last guy in line, the voice in our head says, not only are you not loved, you're not lovable. That's why you haven't been picked. That's why you've been passed over. Now, since we're working on bravery and courage here in this little series, I'm going to see if you're willing to admit that. Is anyone else in the room willing to admit with me that you've had some time in your life when you felt like you were either unloved or maybe even unlovable. Have anybody else ever experienced that? Okay, thank you for being brave. So what I want to do is I want to talk about this and see if Isaiah has something to say about it. And I'll admit straight up that Isaiah, when he wrote these words, he wasn't dealing with kind of the psychological phobias of the people of Israel. That wasn't one of his big issues. And I'm pretty sure that Isaiah never heard about FOMO or FOBLO or any of these fears in the Urban Dictionary. And I'm also pretty sure that Isaiah probably never got picked last for dodgeball. But the people that he was writing to actually had a very important question they were asking, and I think it will help us. The question they were asking was this, does God love us? That's what they wanted to know. And the question actually came out a little bit different from that because at one time, these people had been absolutely convinced that God loved them. They were, by the way, the people who were called God's chosen people. They were God's special people. They'd been set aside among all the nations of people to be God's special people. And they knew that they had this special honor and blessing. But then life took a left turn and they ended up dealing with all kinds of tragedy and trauma and hardship. There was like one trial after another that started to come to these people. So they started to ask this question. In light of the pain that we're experiencing right now, does God still love us? You know, they went through some experiences as a people when they felt like the the rivers had risen and the floodwaters were coming in and they were about to be swept off their feet and swept away. And they're like, if God really loved us, would God let us be swept away like that? They had experiences where they felt like they were out in a, in a wilderness. They were in this barren, dry place and they, they didn't even know that they were going to have bread tomorrow or, food, or water to drink tomorrow. And they had this question that if, if God really loved us, would he put us in this barren wilderness Or is he going to come rescue us? They had experiences where they felt like they were under such intense trials and persecution that it felt like they were getting thrown into a fiery furnace, that they were going to be burned up and consumed by the flames, and they were wondering if God really loved us, would he put us in this furnace? Or is he going to come rescue us out of this furnace and deliver us? Does God still love us? This is the question that they were asking. And I thought Isaiah's answer might help us who have FOMO and FOBLO. This is what Isaiah said to them. Do not fear. I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. 
When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God. I had a little paraphrase of that first verse this way. This is what God, the one who made you, says. Fear not. I pick you. When I hear that word, it helps me. It helps me deal with my fear of being left out. And it helps me with a lot of other things, too. God's talking to us, and he says, in the whole lineup of everyone, I pick you. I choose you. I call you by name. You're mine. You are mine. You're on my team. You belong to me. The Bible is filled with this expression uh, everywhere. I give you a few verses that you can look up on your own, but one of them that I love is John fifteen sixteen. God says, I pick you because I love you. That's why. Ephesians 1 says, He chose us in Christ Jesus before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he adopted us. God picks us because he loves us. That's why. So we're going to have a little lineup now. I thought I would try to get you all like to stand in one big long line and pick a couple of team captains and have them start to pick you. Are you ready for that? You people who did not raise your hand and say you never had foe blow, you're shaking right now. This lineup is to choose sides, to choose teams. We're going to pick people. But we're not going to pick people for dodgeball. Uh, we're not going to pick people like to be on our team, to be on our squad, to be with us. We're not, going to be, we're not going to pick you for, you know, a job or a job offer to fit in or even to be a confidant or a friend. We're going to have a lineup, and what we're going to choose is we're going to choose who's family and who's not family. That's what we're going to choose. I don't know if you're ready for that, but this is what God did. He lined us up and said, I'm going to pick who are my sons and daughters and who are not my sons and daughters. And he lined up all the peoples, and then he looked them all in the eye and he said, you know what, I, I pick you. I pick you. And he picks us, not based on our qualifications, not based on our abilities, not based on anything we can bring to the table, not based on whether we're good-looking or skilled or talented or kind. He doesn't even pick us based on whether we're good enough. He picks us based on one thing. Because he wants to pick us. Because he loves us. That's how he picks. That's how he chooses. I pick you because I love you. This is what God, the one who made you, says. Fear not. I pick you. I call you by name, you are mine. That's the first thing this little passage says about addressing fear. The second fear not is in verse 5. If you're still following along, you can jump down there. He says, fear not, 
I am with you always. The scriptures are actually filled with this promise. I gave you a list also in your bulletin of just a few of those on the outline. There's a whole lot more, but you could look up some of those. I admit that I need to look these verses up often. I need to be reminded of them often because here's what I tend to do. I tend to take this promise for granted. God says, I'm with you always. And I tend to take that for granted because often my life is not like threatening to be swamped with the floodwaters and sweeping me off my feet. My life is not a, I'm in a fiery furnace of trial. My life is not difficult or hard. Usually my life is blessed. And I walk around most days feeling like God is good to me and God has given me so much. I'm so blessed. I'm so thankful. And oh yeah, by the way, God is with me too. I need to be reminded that no matter what happens, God is with me. And these verses are particularly happy. I can think of one time when I was in a, probably the most intense trial I've ever faced, and my sister called me on that same day. And after we chatted for just a few moments, I told her about this trial and this difficulty I was facing and how sad I was and fearful about what was going to come. And my sister shared two verses with me. The first verse she shared was Isaiah 43, 1. Fear not, God says, I pick you. I choose you. I call you by name. You are mine. And if you're afraid that the waters are going to wash over you, they will not sweep you away. If you're afraid that the fire is going to burn you up, it will not burn you up. That's the first passage she shared with me. The second one was Psalm 46 which is another passage that's not about when life is good and calm and all the waters are smooth. It's a passage about trouble. Psalm 46 starts this way. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth gives way, though the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though the waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake, the Lord Almighty is with us. I need to hear those promises to remind me that God will never leave us or forsake us. So fear not. Now, one of our common responses to the fear of being left out is what I'll refer to as the octopus response. So basically, I'm going to call you all octopus now. Octopi, is that the plural? You're a bunch of octopi. Uh, Octopus is basically a big suction cup. So most of their surface level is all these little suction cups, and they survive by reaching out and grabbing stuff and pulling it in with their suction cups. That's how they feed themselves. That's how they protect themselves. Okay? So you are all a bunch of suction cups. What happens when we are afraid of being left out is we, like, suck onto things to try to, like, overcome that fear, to, to compensate. So if I'm afraid that I'm going to be left out because I'm not good enough, because I don't measure up, then I'm going to go out there and I'm going to try to suck up some kind of new skill or some kind of new talent or some way to actually prove that I'm skilled or talented. Because if I can do that, then you're going to have to acknowledge me as being worthwhile because I measure up. We grab a hold of it. If I'm afraid of being left out because a relationship is in bad shape, I feel like I'm losing somebody I love, then I reach out and I suck onto that relationship. And I grab on, I hold on to it, I pull it in. And I don't want to let it go because I'm like, if you think you're going to leave me, I'm not going to let you leave me. 
If you think you're going to leave me out, I'm not going to let you leave me out. I'm going to suck onto you. We do this as octopus would to survive. Now, I'm going to suggest that instead of sucking onto the things that are around us, there's something else we're, we're called to suck onto. And that is grab a hold of this truth. The one who made you, the one who formed you, said, I pick you. You're mine. In fact, this is what he said. Do not fear. I picked you. I called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fires, you will not be burned up. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, your Savior, Do not be afraid, for I am with you. Grab onto that. But there's even better news, and it's this. If you're afraid of being left out, God has already grabbed a hold of you, and he's not going to let go. That's what I need to hear in order for me to overcome my fear of being left out. Lord God, I give you thanks for the truth of your word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit who's hovering over this place. And God, I just pray for this, these good people. For their, thank you for their attention today, for their willingness to consider some of these questions. God, I know we want to be a people who are loved And I pray that you would just remind us over and over and over again, day by day and hour by hour and moment by moment, that we are loved by you and that because of that love, you'll never let us go. Be with anyone here today who may be struggling with that very fear right now and uh, come near to them. Help them to feel your presence. Uh, Help us to come near to the people around us and express uh, your love through us. Um, We make ourselves available to do that. We just know that, God, you're doing a good work here, and you're going to continue that good work until one day it's completed, and we're looking forward to that day. So thank you, God. Hear our prayers. In Jesus' name, amen. We pray you were blessed by today's message from Cedar Hills Community Church. For more information about our church or how to support our ministry, visit www.cedarhillscr.org.